My dear friends, good morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome to C2, our emerging worship service here at Community Church, where by the grace of God, everybody is welcome, everybody is affirmed, and everybody is loved, and that is truly a blessing. We have a wonderful, wonderful morning this morning. We're going to be welcoming new members into the church, both here in the C2 service and in the sanctuary uh, this morning. And uh, we're going to be talking a little bit today about the assurance that God gives us to know that we are loved and God cares for us and God wants us to be fed and God wants us to be full of the spirit. And we are going to start with that spirit this morning. I invite you all, if you are willing, if you are able to please rise and we are going to start the morning celebrating that with the grace of God, All the days to come are good days. Join me in a moment of prayer. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for filling us with the Spirit here in this special place this morning. We thank you for allowing us to celebrate you, to worship in covenant with you. 
We thank you, Lord, for inviting new members into your flock today. We are so, so grateful for them and for you and for making all of this happen for us. We ask that you continue to show us the way in the days ahead. We thank you, Lord, for this beautiful, beautiful morning and all that you have blessed us with today. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's continue our prayer this morning, reflecting and celebrating the beauty of the gifts that God has given us today. you fall so far you should be ashamed of yourself so I was ashamed of myself the lies I believe they got some roots that run deep I let them take a hold of my life I let them take control of my life standing in your presence Lord I can feel you digging all the roots up Say is hallelujah. Look what you've done. Look what you've done to me. You spoke your truth into the lies and let my heart. Believe. 
thought I was too broken. Now I see you will break a new ground inside of me. Standing in your presence, Lord, I can feel you digging all the roots off. I feel you healing all my wounds off. All I can say is this time we have the joy of welcoming new members into our community of faith and we invite those who wish to affirm their baptism by uniting with us in this household of faith to come forward along with our moderator Jeannie. Come on up. Arlene new Katz, members. David Katz, Robin Blackman, and Beverly Burrell. Come right up here on stage. Come on up y'all. Stand right here. We have to make room. <laughs> See, I wasn't lying when I said it's bright up here, was yeah. I? <laughs> and, you know, I think it's important to note that at probably the same moment across the courtyard, there are four others who are joining our church this day. So we're very grateful for your presence. Friends in Christ, we are all received into the church through the sacrament of baptism. Membership in a local church is our everyday expression of our belonging to the larger church of Jesus Christ. Through a process of discernment, we choose a particular church in which to grow as disciples and serve our greater world. These people who are here today it's because they have been led by the Holy Spirit to affirm their baptism and to claim our pres their presence, our presence, in their covenantal relationship with Christ and with the members of this local church, the Community Church of Vero Beach. They are here for service to Jesus Christ using the gifts which the Holy Spirit bestows. Hear these words from Jesus. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me, you can do nothing. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. You give glory to God when you bear fruit and become my disciples. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy 
may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Now, here's the test. (laughs) I'm going to ask you questions, and then um, I'll also give you hints about how to respond. (laughs) Is it your desire to join in membership with this community of faith? If so, say it is. Do you promise, according to the grace given to you, to be Christ's disciple? seeking the new life that he offers to grow in the Christian faith and to follow in the way of Jesus? If so, say, I do. Do you promise, according to the grace given to you, to be a faithful member of the Church of Jesus Christ as it is expressed in this, the Community Church of Vero Beach, participating fully in the life and mission of this body of faith sharing regularly in the worship of God, and working diligently to further Christ's mission in the world? If so, say, I promise, with the help of God. By your baptism, you were made one with us in the body of Christ, the church. Today, we rejoice in your pilgrimage of faith, which has brought you to this time and place. We give thanks for every community of faith that has been your spiritual home, and we celebrate your presence in this household of faith. And you guys are not off the hook. I have some questions for you all as well uh, as we join together in covenant. To you, the Congregation of Community Church, welcome these people into membership with us today. If so, please say we do. Do you promise to welcome them and serve our church and our world together with them in Christ's name? If so, please say, we do. do. And do you reaffirm your baptism today and your commitment to your community church of Vero Beach? If so, please join our moderator, Jeannie, in saying together our covenant, which should appear on the screen. It should be on, Jeannie. Welcome. Please join me in the presence of God and these witnesses. We give ourselves unreservedly to God's service and take this to be our church, ever mindful of the welfare of our fellow members. We promise to walk with them in Christian faithfulness and love. We further promise that so far as we are able, We will attend the services of the church regularly, observe its rites and sacraments, and share in its work, accept positions of leadership, service, and duty within the range of our talents and the needs of the church, support the church's expenses and benevolences regularly as a steward of God's blessings. Teach and cherish in accordance with the precepts of this church any children whose nurture and training may come within our responsibility. Endeavor in every way to make this fellowship a fruitful body of Christ, a genuine church family. Please join me in prayer. Gracious God, we praise you for calling us to faith and for gathering us into the church, the body of Christ in our world today. We thank you for your people gathered in this local church and rejoice that you have added to our community of faith today. Together, may we live in the spirit, building one another up in love, sharing in the life and worship of the church and serving the world For the sake of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Congratulations. Welcome, welcome. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome. It is right. Welcome. Welcome to you.
Friends, the spirit, the grace, and the peace of Christ is everywhere among us. Let us take a moment to greet our new members, our old friends, new friends, and say hello to one another. May the peace of Christ be with you. Oh, my heart is so full. So many blessings. Uh, Friends, I will just remind you that uh, all of the happenings and wonderful things that are going on here at Community Church are all printed in this bulletin. Uh, We have a a great concert coming up tonight, um, Stetson University Symphony Orchestra. Uh, We have Ash Wednesday coming up uh, in a couple weeks. Uh, We will have Ashes on the Go. Uh, we will be having a all-combined uh, youth gathering, Super Bowl Sunday. We will be having a party together for the uh, Super Bowl. And lots and lots and lots of other things going on here at church. Uh, I would invite you to take this home, to put it on your refrigerator, to keep it, to reference it. Uh, Rachel always does a really, really good job. Uh, it's got our lecture series in here. Just a ton of things for you to check out. And I would also uh, remind you that if you would like to support any of the missions or programs of the church, uh, we do have generosity baskets by the door. Uh, we don't pass the plate here, but if you feel uh, so-called to support the church, uh, we ask that you please uh, visit the generosity baskets at some point during the service or on your way out. And I will let you decipher all the rest as we move into our scripture today. We are continuing. We are in the book of Mark, uh, and it is a very... A story probably most of you are familiar with, uh, the feeding of the 4,000, or 5,000, depending on which book you're reading, but right now we're in Mark and it's 4,000. And we're talking about Jesus providing for us and how much Jesus loves us uh, with with overabundance. Uh, And one of the reasons that, that this passage, this story is so special to me is because I also like to believe that it's also a reminder of the the gifts that we have, the small gifts that we have, that when combined together with the grace and the power of Jesus and of God, those gifts that we bring to the table are multiplied a million fold. And that's always very, very comforting to me when I'm thinking about how much am I really doing, how much am I really making a difference. When I refer back to this story, it reminds me that even though in the scope of God that my gifts might be small, what I can bring to the table, when I combine them with the Spirit and the grace of God, they multiply. And that's a beautiful, beautiful, reassuring thing to me. And uh, to hear the story today, my wonderful friend and colleague, and he is here, right here, uh, (laughs) Tommy Snellgrove is going to share the uh, the scripture with you all today. I blew it last week, but I'm making up for it this week. Good morning, church. How are you? In those days when there was again a great crowd without anything to eat, he called his disciples and said to them, I have compassion for the crowd because they have been with me now for three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way. And some of them have come a great distance. His disciples replied, How can one feed these people with bread here in the desert? And he asked them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven. Then he ordered the crowd to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves, and after giving thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to distribute. And they distributed them to the crowd. They they also had a few small fish. And after blessing them, he ordered that these two should be distributed. They ate and were filled. And they took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full. Now there were about 4,000 people, or five, and he sent them away. And immediately he got into the boat with his disciples, and he went to the district of Dalmanutha. This is the word of the God. Those of you who are worshiping in Community Hall and those of you who are worshiping in the sanctuary here on campus, and God's peace be with those of you who are worshiping at home or on the road or traveling from around this nation, 
or abroad. Yesterday I called one of you uh, just to see how you were doing and I was horrified to find out that, um, and grateful, that you were in Australia, but I didn't know what time it was in Australia and it was 9.30 in the morning instead of the middle of the night, so that was good news. And I know, I don't know if you tuned in from Antarctica or not recently, but I know you could have. We were there for you, uh, wherever you are. Every week, we tune in from a quarter of this nation, from Iowa and Colorado, California, New England. I know one of you is on today from Virginia and another from Ohio, and many of you right here uh, on the Treasure Coast and from a number of countries around the globe. So wherever you are this morning, welcome to worship. We're so grateful that you've come and can be fed as we gathered to receive God's word together. Please pray with me. We thank you, God, that whether gathered or scattered, we are one body united in Christ. We are a united and uniting church, and we pray today for all of the other churches in this community and around our nation who are seeking to be faithful to your word. We pray that we would be faithful to that for which you have called and chosen us, and that we would hear your word and act upon it in ways that will honor you and give you glory. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be an acceptable offering. For you, O God, are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Those of you who worshipped with us last week had the privilege of hearing Reverend Dr. Jacob Kine's first sermon ever as the new executive minister of this church. Watch your bulletin uh, and your weekly news on Thursdays in the future, and uh, I'll tell you what an executive minister actually does for a living. Some of you have been asking, so um, that's going to be exciting in the future. He started out by telling us about his magic shoes, and it felt ever so much like what it's like to get new clothes the first day of school. How many of you used to get a new outfit for school? I know. And you were all thinking to yourself, you had something magic that you like to wear when you leave the house. It might be a favorite shirt that you hide from your spouse so it doesn't get thrown away. Um, I know after that uh, opening last week, I threw away three ratty pairs of shoes that I shouldn't be wearing in public any longer. But because Jacob opened in such a way, I remember that I actually have a magic ring that I wear all the time. I know you can't see it clearly from where you sit. And I know it's not really magic, but it was made by a dear friend of mine who lives abroad, and it reminds me every time I wear it that I am beloved by my friend and by God. And it also has three layers that represent the earth and water and sky, so it reminds me that no matter where I've served in the world and wherever people gather on a morning like this, we are all beloved by God. We are all fed and nourished until we are satisfied. That's the promise of today's gospel. Today we heard the first of two very familiar stories about Jesus feeding the crowds who followed him, four or 5,000 people, depending on whether you're reading uh, Mark as we did today or Matthew, the second of these stories. They followed Jesus out into the desert or across the countryside or in the other version up the side of the mountain by the sea to witness the work and word of God's kingdom on earth as now in heaven. The hour had grown late and Jesus had compassion on these people. They'd been watching the healing stories and listening and trying to understand what new thing God was doing. So Jesus, in his compassion, spoke to the disciples about this, and they, they said, well, let's just send them into the villages for food. And Jesus asks them, what do you have? And in this version of the story from Mark, they checked their backpacks, and they pulled out seven loaves of bread and a few fish. And then Jesus blessed those loaves and broke them and gave them to the disciples to distribute to the crowd. The story from the gospel according to Mark tells us not only that they had a little bit, but that they had their fill. Not just a snack, not just a power bar to tide them over, not the crusty heel of the bread, but that they had their fill. They were satisfied. Today and for the next two weeks, we're going to reflect together on Jesus' inspirational teachings about stewardship, and this is one of those texts. 
Now hang in there with me. I know at least a couple of you are ready to bolt for the door. Oh my gosh, this is the first time I'm visiting and they're going to talk about money. Prepare to be surprised. God's kingdom is one of extravagant grace where abundance for all means scarcity for none. And this is going to be good news whether you're here for the first time or you've been here for generations. God's preferred and promised future for the flourishing of humankind is completely antithetical to the values and culture of the world. God's preferred and promised future for the flourishing of humankind is antithetical to the values and the culture of the world. We're starving to death in the midst of God's garden of plenty. We're hungry for peace. Are you with me? We're hungry for hope. We're hungry for a path forward to satisfy our common needs as human beings for provision and safety and home. There's never been a time, and there have been all kinds of conflicting times, but there has never been a time when the world has needed God's good news in a bad news world more than this. Jesus' message couldn't have come at a better time. I've been deeply blessed by God's provision through people I've met and experiences we've shared through international mission trips through four churches, including our own. We went abroad just a year ago. This morning, I'm going to share with you three lessons about God's provision that I hope will inspire you as those experiences both inspired and fed me. When I first traveled to Antigua, Guatemala nearly 30 years ago, my then 15-year-old son and I stayed with a local family, a retired school teacher, who hosted students like us who had come for mission and travel and language school. The food was simple and well-prepared. Dinner was always some, some kind of vegetable. Um, squash, I think, was called guisquil. It was green, so I ate it, and it was good. And a protein like baked chicken and some kind of bread. At the conclusion of the meal, our host would walk past each one of us at the table and ask, satisfaction, and we would respond, si, senora, senora satisfaction, which simply means, are you satisfied? Have you had enough? And we said, yes, gracias, we are full. What you've served is sufficient for our needs. And if one of us was still hungry, she would bring more food until we were, in fact, satisfied. That's what God has promised to each and every one of us, that all that our needs, all that we need most, will be provided. The first lesson Jesus taught about stewardship is that God will feed you and care for you and provide for you, whether you have more than you need or are hungry and wanting. God wants you, God wants us to be satisfied. If Jesus were to ask you this morning, are you satisfied? Do you have enough satisfaction? How would you respond? Do you have enough to eat? Sufficient shelter? Do you have someone somewhere who loves you? Do you have faith so as to remove mountains? Do you have enough blessings to share? Are you satisfied? How much is enough to be satisfied? We've all experienced the glut of a food coma when we push away from the Thanksgiving table or other holiday meal. Is there anybody besides me that has succumbed to the third piece of pecan pie? We know that when we have more than enough, it can actually make us feel sick. If you can honestly say this morning that you have more than enough, if you have plenty, then hear the voice of Jesus asking as he asked the disciples before the hungry crowd, how many loaves do you have? As you give them to feed others, God will bless them and multiply them that all might be fed. And if you've come empty and wanting, hear God's good news. Pray for what you need and expect abundance. 
God will feed you with just a few loaves and a few fish until you want no more. And I know this sounds, well, wait, Pastor, there are people in the world who are suffering right now. They may not have food or water or provision. But even in the concentration camps in World War II, there was hope. Hope can never be taken from us. Our faith can never be removed from us. There, God always feeds us with peace beyond human understanding in every, even horrible circumstances. The second story I want to share with you this morning reminds us of what happens when we don't trust that God will provide enough. One of my colleagues, Martin Kobenhaver, has said, don't tell a story, Pastor, until it's cooked. I promise you this story was cooked a long time ago. But I had to work it through. Some years ago, when working with Habitat for Humanity somewhere in Central America, I had the opportunity to fly into the rainforest for a tour of some newly excavated Mayan ruins. The day was muggy to start with when the first flight landed us in the middle of nowhere. I think it was a short runway. I don't even know if it was paid. And we waited in a tiny airless office. We were waiting for the puddle jumper that would take us on to our final destination. The flight was three hours late. And as there didn't appear to be a Publix or a Piggly Wiggly or a fresh market across the street selling water and snacks, I began to worry that we would miss the main meal of the day at our primitive outpost, a meal for which we had already paid. As I imagined, we arrived very late in the afternoon, and our guide, so eager to show us everything on the itinerary, began marching us into the jungle without food or water. I dropped to the back of the line as I had brought just a little bit of bread, just in case. And I surreptitiously began eating it like when you sneak snacks into the movie theater and you don't want to get caught. Not that I know what that's like. I've heard about such things, though. Though this took place 30 years ago, I clearly remember how I felt. Hunger feels like fear. No matter what we're hungry for, hunger feels like fear. And we behave badly when we're afraid. Greed feels like guilt. The more bread I ate, the worse I felt. You see, I didn't share a bite with anybody. I didn't ask if anybody else was hungry. I didn't lift the bread and give any of it away. And it took me a long time to allow myself to receive the forgiveness of God that had been there all along for being so greedy and self-centered. But worse than that, it was a sign to me that I did not trust God, as if I would starve if I missed just one meal. Like manna in the wilderness, God offered me more than enough to eat and my fill and more to share, but I didn't trust God enough for my future to give the rest away. God does provide all that we need when we trust as the lyrics of one of our most beloved hymns proclaims, all that I've needed, God's hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, God, unto me. God will provide. God will provide enough food, enough shelter, enough hope, enough mercy, enough forgiveness, enough wisdom, enough truth, enough joy. God will give us eyes to see our abundant future and ears to hear that all manner of things shall be well according to God's promises. God's table of plenty overflows when we trust God to provide for us now and always. We don't need, as people of faith, we do not need to be afraid or greedy or hoard what we have as if there won't be enough for another day. You see, generosity is like drawing water from a spring. We can drink our fill, and there will always be more available. Jesus said, those who eat my life and drink of my life will never hunger or thirst again. The third story I want to share with you this morning took place in Havana, Cuba. I know one of you are watching who went with me. A handful of church members from the church I then served in New England traveled to Cuba for a friendship exchange through the United Church of Christ Global Ministries. 
We worshiped in the garage of our host pastor and family, a worship service very much like C2 with enthusiastic singing and praise for all that God has done on the way home from the airport. He said, will you all sing tonight? And we couldn't carry a tune in a basket. I hadn't brought the choir with me. And will you preach tonight, pastor? And I was not prepared, but we did. And it was pitiful. And they sang with us just to carry it along. That first evening after worship, we were served delicious steaming Cuban coffee and some freshly baked cookies. As we all sat around the tiny apartment laughing and exchanging stories, being with these generous and kind-hearted people felt like coming home to a family that we hadn't seen from a ver- for a very long time. I noticed that neither of our hosts were drinking coffee. After asking more questions than was probably pertinent, we learned that coffee, sugar, and eggs, many other staples as well, were rationed under Castro's leadership, and they had just expended their entire month's supply in the first week in order to serve us that evening. They sacrificed their personal pleasure for the hospitality they perceived to be a greater good for the work of the church and for the glory of God, and it brought them extraordinary joy, and they trusted that God's hand would provide. As we look back at our first hundred years as a church with gratitude, and as we now turn forward in hope, there could not be a more exciting time to be this church than right now. With our loaves and a few fish, your community church transforms lives through compassionate service to the vulnerable. Through every generation, we express open curiosity about how God's Spirit is changing us and our world. Through courageous conversations, God equips us to respond faithfully to the most pressing issues of our time. It's a safe place to talk about hard things. There are so precious few places like that today. Our extravagant hospitality invites all people to explore faith and spiritual practices that flourish life for us and for all. As Dr. Jacob reminded us just last week, we welcome everyone who welcomes everyone. We do this because Jesus fed all 4,000 hungry people, not just the ones with whom he agreed, not just the ones he liked, not just the people he preferred. We seek to be Christ-like by also welcoming those who don't welcome everyone. Because we welcome everyone, we welcome even those who don't, yet we do not welcome unwelcoming actions or words, and we're all in a position to express those from time to time, aren't we? When we come here, we're invited to empty our pockets at the door, of judgments and prejudices and cherished opinions of of the world in order to make room for the good news that the kingdom of God is at hand. There has never been a need, a greater need for a church like this than now. And there has never been a more important time than this. In the week to come, you will receive your invitation to lean into the work of your community church through a sacrificial pledge of bread for the future. But it's not about the money. It's about trusting God and leaning in for the work of this church for this time. This is not the usual annual stewardship campaign as this year we have the potential of receiving an additional $100,000 through a matching gift from an anonymous donor. To receive this match, we are challenged to increase our overall generosity by a minimum of $100,000. You have been so generous. These last two years, we have met our pledged goal, which means that the lights are turned on, and Andrew and I still get to show up, and Jacob and Bev and the choir on Sunday morning. But we are now poised and ready, as God is calling us into the next, to grow, and this will make that possible. To receive this match, when you, we invite you to increase your pledge this year by 10%. Or if you've never pledged, to make a first-time pledge. Or if you've been richly blessed by God, to extend a legacy gift in response to God's abundance. So that the vision of God's kingdom come and God's will be done on earth as in heaven will flourish.
Through your generous participation in this matching gift opportunity, we're going to do three things. The first of those three things is that we want to be able to become the church that's known not only for how we care for seniors, but how we care for children and youth and how we raise them up as a people with a moral compass that can stand in this world. So we're going to fully fund a full-time children and family director. That's the first thing we're going to do with your generosity. The second thing is we're going to strengthen and increase our outreach for senior care, food insecurity, affordable housing, and early childhood education. And the third thing we're going to do is continue to inspire and feed our growing community of members and friends through worship, music, and the fine arts. And we have so much yet to learn to equip us to be able to share in a mutual relationship with those of you who see us every week, but whom we do not yet know by name, but we will. As our 100th year anniversary and celebration continues, and our second century begins, we remember with gratitude the visionaries who preceded us, who imagined a community church of diverse people committed to the conviction that there is more that binds us together than separates us in the worship of God. Has there ever been a time more important to affirm that than this? They believed, and we affirm, and we need to memorize in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, diversity, in all things, love. Finally, beloved in Christ, we are a locally owned and operated franchise of the Jesus movement. There is no one sending money to us. There is no small group of people who are funding the work of the church. We are a locally owned and operated franchise of the Jesus movement. So if you've been fed here, Share your bread. We're poised to launch into the future as those who have received the bread of life and are satisfied, who trust God for our future, and who commit to the essential work of a vision for a better future ahead. And through our collective and sacrificial generosity, God's light will continue to shine in the darkness for the flourishing of human life for us and for all. I am so grateful. I am so grateful to be your pastor and to be able to share with you God's good news. There is no greater time than this. Amen. Friends, our uh, video response today is actually no video at all. We are going to have a live testimony response today as we are celebrating our 100-year anniversary um, here at Community Church. We're going to be hearing uh, periodically from different folks about their faith journeys. Thank you. About their faith journeys and and how important this place uh, has been to them and how life-changing this church has been to them. And it is a privilege today to invite up truly uh, one of the most kind and most faithful human beings I have ever come across in my entire life. Uh, I invite up for his testimony, Captain John Langford. this on? Okay. I believe that every young person at some point in their life is uh, all about what is life's purpose and what is their goal and their role in the universe. Joseph Campbell said that once you tap into your purpose and core worth, then follow your bliss. I love that. Follow your bliss. And perhaps finding and living your faith is following your bliss. I'm honored and grateful indeed 
to share before you today and give testimony about how the community church prepared me for my life journey. It gave me the courage and the tools to have a meaningful, blissful, faith-filled life. I grew up and was confirmed in this church, and 48 years ago, that's a long time, I was confirmed and stood in the chapel, which was our sanctuary, and was given this Bible, even has my name on it. It was the beginning of my faith journey, or as a captain, I'll call it my faith voyage. As I grew up and was confirmed in this church, uh, I had an experience that I'd like to relate to you. And here is that experience, my, one of my thoughtful experiences of what my faith, how my was founda foundation of this faith came from this church. The real nature and strength of my faith was um, tested in 1964 when segregation still raised its ugly head, I was asked, along with a few members of the youth group, to go on a local mission with our minister, Arnold Wettstein. Reverend Wettstein explained to us that he was asked to uh, visit and pray with a man in Gifford who was dying of a disease uh, similar to leprosy. I was a bit nervous and afraid, to be honest, because the only person I knew in Gifford was our maid, Dixie. I only went along because I respected and trusted Reverend Wettstein, who was a man of faith and courage. As we walked into the little old house in Gifford, I noticed a frail elderly man lying in a cot in a small room. We were introduced and gathered around his bed. His skin was covered with sores and he was breathing heavily. Our minister smiled with him and gently took his hand and gave him comforting words. Soon the man's breathing became less labored and he raised his hand toward us to give us thanks for blessing him. I sensed an easiness in his breathing, and I actually felt blessed by him. Reverend Wettstein prayed with him, and then the family tearfully thanked us for being there because they said no one else would come because they were afraid. We left in silence. I learned that to live life is to experience pain and sorrow. I also learned to accept it and not to be afraid. Pain is part of being in the world. I realized as a young man that I cannot identify with Jesus. I can only imitate him. I think it was because of that experience in Gifford that I decided to make Christ the core of my being and to guide me through whatever I faced in life. I discovered the transcendent mystery of Christ. I woke up to the Jesus within me. I was no longer standing on a whale fishing for minnows. Perhaps Christ and I were the whale, and we would swim together and swallow up the brokenhearted and give them hope. In closing, and to use nautical terms, the community church is my ship. Jesus is the captain, and I am the faithful mate. Thanks be to God.
smoke clouds all around Couldn't see a face Darkness consumed me Stuck in a bitterness But I know there's a light that's waiting up ahead Still I stay in the fight and look to the one who said Hold on just a little bit longer I know it's gonna be okay These days are gonna make you stronger You'll find purpose in the pain Hold on just a little bit longer Deep down there's a well of faith Let hope arise as you lift up my name And just hold on Chasing after me, the rainbow, the storm clouds, is how I'm gonna see that there is a light that's waiting up ahead. So I stay in the fight and look to the one who said, Hold on just a little bit longer. I know it's gonna be. Please join me in a time of prayer. Oh God, in you we live, move, and have our being. We rock and roll. We laugh and cry. We succeed and fail. We live and die. All that and more while held in your everlasting presence, which is love. And all you ask in return is that we love you with all our heart, soul, and mind, and love our neighbor as we love ourselves. It sounds so easy, yet it's often so hard. Forgive us when we fail to be the people you've created us to be, and grant us a vision of the world as you would have it be. Just now, oh God, we grieve the terrible and terrifying things happening in our communities, our nation, and around the world. We pray that the power of your love expressed and lived by all those who know you 
might begin to silence the deafening drums of war and violence and to open the doors to peaceful resolutions. Though we so often feel helpless in the face of these events, events that we cannot control, grant us the courage to make a difference by sharing your love and mercy in our own communities. We pray this morning, O oh God, for this faith community as we celebrate 100 years of commitment to you. We are grateful that you have led us through the years enabling us to be a witness of your love for all people in this community. Guide us as we celebrate that all that we do and say will glorify you and not ourselves. Might we continue to be a witness in the next 100 years. Though many of us here today won't see that celebration, we will, by faith, continue to work toward a future grounded in you and your love. We pray all these things, O oh God, in the name of the one who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, the spirit is alive and on fire in this place. As we sing our closing song together, I once again invite all who are willing and able to please rise and let's keep this fire going. here this morning, friends. Let us take that with us and share it with the world. Welcome, new members. We are so grateful to have you. Go in peace, my friends, and may the grace and love of God be with you now and always. Amen. Amen.